Hello and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. I'm Cahill and Brian is also here. Hello. We had a lot of matches last weekend. Uh, it was a big kind of shock to the system after the last few weeks of championship where there were only one or two per weekend. In the end, maybe not as exciting as we were hoping for. And we weren't really hoping for much. All the matches looked predictable. We kind of got our predictable results. Very boring matches, let's be fair. And only and only two of them were televised, which was... Which is disappointing. I, I think we just, we touched on it last week, but I want a streaming service. You know, they must be filming it anyway for highlights and stuff. And I want a mm. means to watch the rest of them. And this is actually going to affect one of the matches that's on this weekend on Saturday, which I'll mention later. Not happy about that. Really not happy about that. The one benefit, anyway, of having all these predictable matches is I won about 50 cent from betting. I, I would predict every match of the weekend correctly. You know, pure profit there from Paddy Power. Because it was, it, was, it was betting 50 cent that they gave away for free in, a, uh, in some kind of deal. You know, it was like, played online game for free, won one round of that, got a few cent, bet all of it on that, pure profit. So what we're saying is, if you bet with our system, you will never lose. You will always if you win. bet, if you bet entirely using money that you've gotten from promotions, so that there is literally no risk, and you pick all the teams that we pick on the most predictable weekend of the year, then yes, you will you will make all the money, all the all the cents, maybe up to a euro. I think that's pretty foolproof. Pretty foolproof. So a euro won't get you. What would the euro get you now? Would it get you a chocolate bar? Would I suppose Cadbury's Dairy Milk? Certain one. I mean, you're not going to get any of your. Uh, Quick doubles or anything, but a, a good reliable Freddo, you might get a. a ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Freddo now? Eighty cent. <laughs> Diamond. Welcome to welcome to old timey chocolate uh, stories by uh, Cahill and Brian. This is another segment of the podcast. Today we'll be discussing Tiffin. Tiffin, who eats it and why? I feel like the Cinemas World podcast already has Tiffin covered. I don't. I don't think this is a segment we can pursuit going forward no i think i think we should get back to hurling that's enough I think, we, I think we should get into the qualifier rounds from last week okay let's do it i've been trying to procrastinate because some of these matches were incredibly boring we made our predictions last week and you know as always we're we were correct yeah you know, as we are in everything but never wrong we, we were we were just a bit too accurate there's there's maybe not as much to say about some of these but sure we'll get into it anyway so last saturday we started off with Offaly versus Waterford. Offaly, 14 points. Waterford, 135. Jesus, give me strength. Yeah, we we discussed last week our updated criteria, and this was firmly into the stop, stop, he's already dead, uh, slash stop hitting yourself territory. This was actually the biggest win Waterford had had in a senior hurling game since 1959. After the Cork match, after all their wides, we said what they really need now is shooting practice, and uh, (laughs) they, they certainly got it. Yeah, Jesus, like, it's just annihilation, really. It's just kind of... Like, I mean, look, for Watford, it's brilliant, I suppose. It's, it's it's like a slightly more intense training match, maybe, or even a less intense training match. I suppose they could try out a few things, could get Austin Gleason's targeting on, you know, like, calibrate his targeting a small bit, mix it up a small bit, try, it, try a few different tactics. I suppose the only thing I, I would say is... It took 25 minutes for Waterford to pull ahead of Offaly. Yeah, that was a bit surprising. There were six points apiece and just nothing happened. My own thoughts was that, you know, this would have started from the off, that Waterford would have just accelerated and wouldn't have looked back from the beginning. But it just seemed like they took 
took their time just getting started and finding their rhythm. I suppose one thing to say to that, though, is that Offaly had two sweepers and Waterford had one. Yeah. So offensively, you know, there, there wasn't going to be a lot happening for a while. And actually, in that, I suppose that answers our question. Will Waterford be continuing on with the sweeper? Will they experiment with something else, given the easy matchup? But no, they're sticking to their guns. I suppose it makes sense. You know, they haven't been delivering on their game plan too well in their last game or two. They, they don't want to go in with something totally new. They're going to get back to what they know and try and do it correctly again. It's a bit late uh, at this stage. Yeah, it would, it would be too little time, really, to try and figure out something new. So I suppose I think they're just going to go with what they know, try and get it right. And Yeah, actually, when, when you consider that it took them a while to get started, the fact that they reached 38 points in the end, <laughs> very, very impressive. Very impressive. I mean, like, to be honest, they could have been playing against Scarecrows in the, on, on the field for all Offaly showed up, really, at that stage. Extremely impressive just to get that rate of firing, having had 25 minutes where they were drawn. I would say for Offaly... I mean, Jesus, like, you might as well have, you might as well call the hearse and put the whole team out to pasture at this stage because, Jesus, like, awful. I, I, I'd like to uh, take a moment aside here and, you know, bring up something serious, which is that our urgent appeal for tea, biscuits and a hug for the Offaly manager, Kevin Ryan, is still ongoing. Despite our pleas, we still have not acquired enough tea and biscuits to deliver to him, and the hugs are nowhere to be found. Please give generously because we saw his post-match interview the week before and he looked pretty dejected but even here now dear lord oh the, he just you know he all he could all he could really say was just just that it's hard it's hard for the players to take that kind of hammering week in week out the man needs and, a hammer uh, he yeah he needs, or a he needs like a chocolate digestive top class biscuit when you have so little to work with it's just really hard to say what's wrong yeah but yeah, getting back to the match, really, there's not too much analysis we can say. It was too lopsided. In terms of positives, obviously, for Waterford, they scored lots. Lots of players got in some shots. It was good practice for them. Negatives, I don't know. Their crowd, they're normally known for being good away fans, but only about 4,000 people showed up to this match, which is sub-league level, really. Yeah. People realized it wasn't going to be too tough a game but or too interesting a match, but I think that's still very poor, really, from both counties, Tony. You know, amount to four thousand. That that needs work. I'm I'm sure they'll get back into it. Oh, I'm sure they will once like you know once they've uh, made their way past the sec- if they make their way past second round qualifier or well actually even for the second round qualifiers I'm sure the numbers the will be match, back yeah, up. They will be on Offaly's side. Then it was just it was just awful. They subbed out Shane Dooley at halftime, and he was still their highest score of the match. And I'm not sure if there's any way to interpret that other than. They had given up. Yeah, I think even looking at the scores that they've that that Offaly managed to rack up, you had eight of those points. So eight of fourteen points scored from freeze. Five of Shane, all five of uh, Shane Doody's points were from freeze, and two of Jay Bergen's points were from freeze. So you actually had seven of seven of the fourteen. So you had half your score from freeze, essentially. Not great. And then actually for for Wadford, eight. Park Mahoney scored eight points from freeze, which would suggest that Offaly um, certainly gave it their best <laughs> in trying to to slow Waterford down, but uh, not it didn't exactly do them any good either. I don't think there's a whole pile more to say on this. No, Waterford progress, and I suppose it was never going to be any other way. Yeah, we got it right. We sure did. Put in that ding sound effect. Second match that we're going to talk about from last Saturday... 
Tipperary Westmeath. Tipperary 218, Westmeath 15 points. This was on in Thurless, and, you know, we, we said this would be very lopsided, and Tip would just kind of walk through, be fine. Yeah. And, you know, they, they had a comfy win in the end. They won by nine points in the end, but don't be fooled by that score. They spent most of the match only leading by three or four points, and they just about saved a Westmeath shot at goal, which would have put them level with about 15 minutes left. This was not an easy win for Tip by any means. A mix of Westmeath putting it up to them and Tip just playing badly, this actually came surprisingly close to being an enormous upset. We have an outline here, and I believe you summarized the match in just this one photo, uh, which I'll put up on the site, but basic description. Westmeath player awkwardly bopping a Tip player on the head as they go for a ball. (laughs) Tip player's hands are splayed out. No idea how he's going to actually try and catch that. Just awkward all around. You know, Westmeath doing their best. Tip doing the opposite of that. And just just kind of a messy thing. This is, It's probably better that it wasn't televised, except, I suppose, just out of my own curiosity to see how Tipperary did it so hard on themselves. Yeah, this is, a, this is a puzzling one. This is really is a puzzling one. This, in my mind, it nearly should have been, um, it would, it should have been an awfully Waterford situation. Yeah. Really? Oh, it should have been. That's what Absolutely. I was fully, that's what I was fully expecting. I mean, even awfully beat, beat Westmeath. Yeah. Albeit, <laughs> again, in an awkward scenario involving a very fluky goal off a mm. deflected puck out, but they still beat. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, part of this is fair play to Westmead. They really put it up to Tipperary. I, th- I think, look, it's great for them in a way. I suppose there's only so many, ah, didn't, sure didn't you give it your best, you know. Yeah. That, you know, there's only so much of that had, you can they've take. They've had quite a lot of moral victories. Yeah. I'd say they'd like a real victory sometime soon. Yeah. But uh, I think they're getting closer to that. You know, they've seen them, you know, maybe getting more upsets against better teams than we'd use. Oh, yeah, or keeping it close against good teams. Mm. Uh, we obviously remember last year their under-21s managed to beat Kil- the Kilkenny under-21s. So I think if they can keep everything on track and keep things together and kind of retain the good things the current management's done, I think Westmead could have a bit of a brighter future than they used to. Um, I'd say definitely Division 1B is within their grasp at this point. Uh, and they're knocking on the door, I'd say, as Offaly are going to come down. Definitely. And I think that they're... If, if they can just get, keep things together, you know, they had a, a shaky year, which was largely due to injuries and missing players and the like. They didn't do as well as they did last year. But overall, I still think that they have a solid panel in them. Certainly not competing for an All-Ireland Provincial title, but definitely good for one or two upsets against, you know, higher up 1B teams or maybe kind of lower 1A teams yeah. on a bad day. I'd say for tip, from a Tipperary perspective, I mean, I think it was 16 wides. Yeah, very poor. Very, very poor in that regard. Not not exactly fantastic. To be honest, this is miles away from what tip how tip were playing, we'll say, in the mid the early to mid stages of the league. Yeah. And um, I know they went out poorly in the league final, but I mean they, they they lost to Cork, but that was really that was a shootout. If it had ended you know, a few minutes earlier or a few minutes later, Tip would have won. Um, I wasn't worried about Tip before this. You know, the league final, I just, I wrote it off as a bad day. They've been very good other than that for the most part. But then this coming out of nowhere, you just wonder, if, is there something wrong within the camp? You know, is there, so, we've already had one player who's kind of booted off the panel. It's apparently just behind the scenes, things weren't going well. I suppose we don't know the details or anything like that. There's a lot of rumors and everything yeah. about it. But This isn't Hello Magazine. We don't go into that sort of detail. No. I just wonder if there is more, if there are more issues behind the scenes and if maybe 
winning the championship, they've kind of forgotten how difficult it is to get back to that stage again. And I don't know, maybe egos are coming out, so on and so forth. Something's not right. And, and the tip managers kind of said as, as much that there are going to be some shakeups between last week and next weekend in terms of who will be starting. I mean, it's certainly not a lack of talent I can be blamed for we'll say they're relatively poor performance i think like picture like if you pictured it earlier a league a monster final and then a straight out route into the all-ireland final was definitely what was in their mind and yeah has not come to pass yeah like and i suppose even like like seamus callan had a very quiet match all together you know some of their usuals like john mcgraw right was had a had a good game and so did john o'dwyer but i mean like really it was a relatively quiet team and for a no team. one put up a no one put up a massive score. Really. No, I'm just looking through the scores now. I'm not sure if anyone got more than five points, and that was the free taker. So, or well, I suppose with, with goals, yeah, you'd have John O'Dwyer had six in total, but again, yeah. one of the one of those points was from free. Yeah, no one really uh, lit up the scoreboard or anything. Very poor shooting. You know, I suppose they had a good variety of scores at least, which gave them a decent score in the end. But mm. no one really taking over in a match that should have been quite easy to take over. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair for a team, I suppose, that was lauded for the depth of its panel. I think even if you think, cast your memory back to when we were doing our fantasy teams, a lot of tip players in that mix, I think, if I was to revisit that, revisit that, I'd certainly be making some changes. I suppose the issue with fantasy teams, though, as well, is you can't account for chemistry. No, that's and true. And that seems to be something where tip have fallen off. Yeah, if they don't recover from this, it really will be a shame in terms of like it's a year that's lost, not through, we'll say, not through, we'll say, issues on the panel in terms of from a skill level or quality quality of hurlers, but just internal internal issues that really shouldn't be coming to bear. Like you really think that like having won an All-Ireland, you know, they're on a high and they should be looking to continue that rather than like it's very easy for a team to lose a couple of years that way. Like it's extreme, like I suppose even in Claire's yeah. own experience. like Yeah, it's like it. There's there's always the thing with any great team, you know, it, it'll usually get applied to teams that maybe lose in a final, but they're expected to come back. Though sometimes as well, you get teams like Clare maybe who, who won kind of before anyone was expecting it and people thought we're going to have a dynasty on our hands. But you never know when that kind of window of opportunity is going to close because there have been so many teams, pick any sport you want, so many young teams or players, and they look like they're set to win year in, year out for the next decade. And instead, nothing else happens. You know, it turns out that they that first kind of brilliant year that put them on the map, mm. that was their peak. And it would be a real shame if that happened to this team. It really would, because they were so good by the end of last year. It would be a shame if that's the best that we've seen out of them. And even, I suppose, like, there's an article in the Irish Examiner, former tip captain Owen Kelly basically said he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Michael Ryan makes some drops, Seamus Callan and, mm. and makes a few other changes, we'll say, similar to similar to what you said earlier, just in terms of shakes things up, yeah. we'll say, ahead of their next match, which, look, I, I, like, I'd be blunt enough in saying that I'd have my doubts about them. Like, if they don't really pull things together quite fast, like, I'd have my doubts about them really contending this year. In a, in, a, in, a, in a serious manner and yeah I think it's the worst way in which to go out as well just in an air of controversy yeah I think so and even the fact that there are so many people without any real evidence behind it but just you're getting all these articles written about oh I think mm. this player will be dropped that player will be dropped <laughs> you know that can, if the morale is bad already that can't be helping I think they, they need to go on some team building exercises and throw the phones out for a while or something yeah get back on track Rem- yeah remember what got them to championship last year in the first place which was group hugs 
But yeah, listen, it's a bad day for Tip. Hopefully, it was just that. It was just a bad day, and they'll recover. But I suppose one more black mark from this match. Niall O'Mara got injured in the process, so they will likely be without him. Yeah, again, it, it was just kind of a disaster of match. They they scraped through it, but I, I suppose when you lose players in the process through injury or whatever, you know, it's it's just a bad position to be in. Yeah, it, it's it's not exactly like what I call a spectacular result. Um, I will say one thing for Westmead, just to be fair to them, actually, you know, in, in terms of their distribution, in terms of the scoring, I thought it was actually quite decent. Like you had Sal and Devine had like six points, six points down to him with four from freeze. You know, a few other players at a brace at two points and, a, uh, you know, a couple other players, one point each. So it was yeah. qu- it's fairly evenly distributed, I suppose. It wasn't concentrated, which is also, I, I always think that's a pretty good sign of a team as well. You're not overly, overly reliant on a player. Um, so no, it, it, it has to be said, fair play to Westmeath. We were mm-hmm. we were saying last week, they played Dublin in football the week before and got absolutely destroyed. And we were thinking, you know, oh, it's so unfair. They have to play last year's champion in hurling now the week after. And, oh, it'd be so tough being a fan. But, you know what, their fans can be pleased with that. They put it up to tip. They did, mm. you know, obviously, obviously they lost, but they did better than people expected. And, you know what, just fair play to them just not... <laughs> being embarrassing basically two weeks in a row and that is why Westmead get the fair play award of the week so Westmead fair play you did well good on you pats on the back all round move on then to third qualifier match of the weekend and I guess this was a bit of the there was like an opposite of a group of death or match of death or whatever this was probably it Dublin versus Leash. Dublin 228, Leash 115 in Parnell Park. So another very one-sided match. Uh, another one that was fairly easy to predict. Dublin are obviously much better than Leash, and Leash were missing a few players. They were missing their captain suspension in this match. I said before this one, Dublin, they're definitely underdogs to win any matches now from, yeah. from this point on. So I said best thing to do out of last weekend's match was just give it a really good go, try and hammer the other team, just give your fans kind of one really good win out of this year. Because this this year overall, it's been quite lackluster for them. Hasn't been great. And you know what? They did that. They trashed Leash. And good on them for doing so. I, I, just, I wasn't sure if Dublin had it in them, because they just really haven't shown any spark, even against, well, I suppose they haven't been lucky enough to play too many poor teams, but they just haven't really shown us much this year. They haven't shown us much ability to get on a run, so it's good to see them just come out and score 34 points in a match and really just put a team away. Yeah, and I mean, like, it was a bad old start to the year, you know, relegated, relegated in the league, misfortune to be knocked out into the qualifiers, then it has not been a great year for Dublin, and they look like they've struggled as well in terms of really being able to put up like they've they've been they put up some solid hurling, but nothing really that would challenge any of the top teams. Yeah, the real top tier of teams for Leash. I I'll saw I'll sum it up this way. I saw the interview with uh, Eamon Kelly, the Leash manager, uh, on the Sunday game, and he essentially said, "I'm paraphrasing now. We should be training the lads for eleven months in the year, like Kilkenny and Dublin, and like have a a month off for rest." That that was his expert analysis now was uh, we probably should be training like the other lads in order to be competing. Yeah. If we want to compete, we should actually, you know, train and practice. Yeah, that's... Oh, for, I suppose it explains a lot about where yeah. Midlands hurling is right now. If 
it took them this long to realize, you know, you, you need to do the same amount as the good teams to be a good team. And probably more since they, uh, a lot of the time, have less wide of a talent pool. Yeah. And, like, going out for pints after the last match now, should have known better. I'm only guessing now they did, but I say <laughs> they did. <laughs> I think that just really sums up Leash's performance on the whole. Look, there's no real surprises here. That sums up their whole attitude. And I'd very much agree with them. Probably They probably should be training like the other yeah, teams in order they, to be able to compete. They absolutely should. I think my outlook on Leash is a little bit more positive, which is, you know, look, you're out in the first round of qualifiers like you are most years. You're not a good team, Leash. But, you know, you, you, you were in the relegation game in the league. You came out, you managed to win that one in the Leinster and Robin, which, you know, if you're a good team, you wouldn't be there in the first place. But you know what? You won all your matches in there. You're good enough to play against the good teams. You're definitely not good enough to beat them, but you're good enough to play them. So, you know, I, I think my summary of them is they're like student and they're kind of debating, will I go down to pass? Will I give honours a go? And their parents kind of pressure them and they just say, right, fine, I'll, I'll try and do honours. I don't know now if I'll be able to pass it. And, but they give it a go and they come away with a C. Not a, not a C plus, just a C. And you know what, it's, it's not great, but... They didn't fail, and, you know, their parents can be proud of them for not giving up and going down to pass, and sure, gave it an honest go. You know what, Leash, you're you're not good, but sure, uh, you, you could be worse, and really, our expectations weren't that high in the first place. <laughs> you got a heart. You got a heart, Leash. You got a heart. Yeah, you, you didn't underperform our low expectations. Good hustle. Good hustle. <laughs> The next match, I suppose you should really discuss. Final qualifier match, and the only one that was televised. Yeah. So I actually watched through them. As did I. And it was far and away the closest match, but I think it would be exaggerating to say it was a good match, despite that closeness. Kilkenny, 20 points, Limerick, 17 in Nolan Park. And certainly a cracker this was not. No, I have to say, this looks good from a Limerick point of view. You know, they have a young team coming up. They're not there yet, and people know that they're not there yet, but... On paper, this looks pretty good that they came within three points of Kilkenny. But honestly, you know, like Kilkenny didn't beat Limerick. Limerick's wide speed Limerick. Their poor passing in the second half defeated them. Kilkenny were totally lackluster. They just kind of stumbled through this one. And Limerick made enough of their own mistakes that they couldn't pull ahead. Poor performance from both teams, really. Kilkenny were subbing players like mad. Cody was changing out players throughout and yeah. fresh legs are not, I mean, it didn't really make much of a difference to Kilkenny's overall performance. I mean, Kilkenny, and I think it's a big part of their success, uh, they're generally known for being fairly ruthless. If a player isn't performing, they will replace them with someone who's doing well in training. But this wasn't, that wasn't what was causing all these substitutions. What was causing all, the, all these substitutions is just they can't find that player in training. They can't find players to fill these positions that have become vacant either through retirement or injury. And it's definitely not something Kilkenny are used to. It's something I think most teams are used to. But Kilkenny, they've always had someone else waiting in the wings. But it really looks like they're finally struggling for depth now this year. Yeah, I, I think we should get like a euro every time we say that. Because I think we've pretty much said that like <laughs> nearly every episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nearly every, nearly uh, every episode for the last couple of uh, last we couple have. Of weeks. Just, it's just hard to believe though. It is, it is. I think overall I'd say, you know, TJ Reid, he is a star. He's still grand. He's he, still good. He's still good. But I mean, like, TJ Reid can only do so much. This is um, yeah. what I like to call the Shane Dooley effect, 
where <laughs> you have a really good player, but like the surrounding team is not necessarily there is good enough to support him. And at a, at a point in time, Kilkenny had that panel. Kilkenny had those players yeah. to really, really make someone like TJ Reid perform. Now at the moment, TJ is doing his best. Yeah. You know, they're limping and, along. And we've, mentioned, we've mentioned players leaving due to injury or retirement, but there are even someone's who just, they're still there. And, you know, maybe they've had some niggling injuries, but they're still, you know, fit enough to play, but they're not looking themselves. And I suppose Richie Hogan's the obvious example of that. But just a lot, a lot of players just not playing up to what we've seen them do in the past. And Brian Co- um, Brian Cody, like, it's kind of visible as well, but he's getting infuriated on the sidelines. You can see <laughs> it himself, like, he's just not used to it. Terribly frustrating for him, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the, my main summary of this match would be, first half, Limerick got 13 wides. And that is why they were not winning. Uh, they weren't down by much, but they were not winning after getting 13 wides. Second half, they didn't get that many wides, but that was because they didn't get any shots because they kept passing it to Kilkenny. They kept firing long balls right down into their backs, and then Kilkenny were able to work it up. In the end, Kilkenny came away with more wides than Limerick did. That was just because they got more shots, really. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, Kilkenny stumbled to a win in this. Lots of mistakes by both. Limerick do have some positives they definitely had some good flashes here and some good points and you know you can tell that they they are improving but they just didn't have the experience to take advantage of a Kilkenny team that they probably know they could have beat if they had just been more sensible with their passes been more sensible with their shooting you know not rush things as much hmm. or rush things more when they when they should have instead of hesitating I think these are things that will come in time and I think they will be better in the future, but I think it's just a shame that they weren't able to take advantage of a Kilkenny that really just looked very awkward. It's a shame for their season to end this early, I think, really. I think so, and had they drawn anyone else, I think they would have at least made it to the second round. Mm. You know, I don't think they would have had any trouble with with Offaly or Westmead. I'd say Dublin would have been a close enough match, but yeah, disappointing for Limerick. But, you know, they're gone, and I suppose a positive for me as a Clare fan, I won't have to cheer for them again. You know, I, I can't cheer for Kilkenny, I have to cheer for Limerick, but it just felt wrong. Yeah. As, as someone from Clare, it felt very wrong. I, I didn't feel right, so I'll be glad to put that behind me. And uh, Kilkenny limp on to another second-round qualifier match. Kilkenny limp on, and anything's possible with Kilkenny, but I'm really not convinced. They've gone from being one of the favourites maybe from the start of the year to win the All-Ireland to, mm. I think, kind of a dark horse team. A dark horse and not necessarily a convincing one, you know, it's not no. like, oh, maybe. It's no. it's kind of, it's not the positive um, like, well, if you were to compare it to Cork's chances, yeah, you know, Cork would be viewed as a dark horse for the All-Ireland, but I mean they'd be viewed in a positive light considering their form yes. of late. Yeah. Whereas Kilkenny, it's like, you can never rule them out, but their form of late would not point to them really turning things around. If we were watching anyone else play the way that they did, we wouldn't be giving them as much of a chance. No. As we're giving them. It's just you can't ignore that history, but they've really got to turn things around and they only have a <laughs> time of recording a few more days to do it. If they get through that, they'll only have, I think, another week to recover from that. It's it's going to be a real uphill battle for them, yeah. which, you know, about time. <laughs> about time <laughs> is right. Next match. Leinster final. A record attendance Leinster final. It was amazing, over actually. 60, over 60,000 people. 
Wexford fans know how to get excited about things. <laughs> they they get on that bandwagon. Galway had their fair share of supporters too, but let's face it, this it was this is Wexford fans in the crowd. Galway fans, I think, are refusing to get excited until they're actually in an All Ireland final because they've been burned too many times by getting so close. I think they're kind of you know whereas whereas Wexford, they're very easy to hype up, and you know what I. I, I like seeing that. It's fun. I'm not going to blame them or be grumpy about it. I think it's great. It's admirable. It really is. It is. However, they may have gotten their hopes up a bit too much on this one. Mm. Galway 29 points, Wexford 117. I, I think, like, if I could, I think this was really was... It was two different games played in two different halves. So the first half Absolutely. was really high intensity from Wexford. I mean, really, really high intensity. They even pulled ahead of Galway at a certain, uh, you know, at a certain point a certain in the first point, half. Yeah, within the first twenty minutes, yeah, they did for a while at least pull ahead. There were, I think, I think something like seven um, lead changes though in the first half. It was, it was pretty hectic. Yeah, and they made their mark early and kind of got in there and really, you know, went hell for leather in that first half. There was serious intensity. There was serious athleticism and like. Some great play from Wexford. Galway in that first half, I thought were were slow. Were were slow to start, I suppose. Not not that it would worry you, but like it was slow to start in terms of. I think they were figuring things out. They were figuring how to approach Wexford. You know, they had their sweeper on. I'd say they were just trying to figure out how Wexford were going to, were playing. And you know, weren't I suppose overly? You know, were keeping in the game. That Wexford were never when they overtook. We're never too far ahead, and in the end of the first half, Galway were three points ahead. You know, yeah. so they were in a position; they were in a comfortable enough position, we'll say, at the end of that first half. They were, even though I think most analysts kind of said Wexford played better despite being three points down. They overall gave it more, and I, th- I think one thing with Wexford as well, because of their size, they were one of the few teams that were able to put it up to Galway physically, and mm. they kind of took away a lot of things that are normally Galway's advantages, like you know, winning fifty-fifty balls. Just, you know, shouldering. Like, they, they were able to take them on a bit at their own game. But in the second half, I think you could just see all that effort, all that intensity wear on Wexford. And I think we saw just how good the conditioning is of this current Galway team. Mm. Because Galway kept going and Wexford just Dropped couldn't off. keep up with them. What became the turning point of the match was Wexford had a penalty. It was delivered very weedy. It was saved by the goalkeeper, and then Galway just went on an incredible scoring run, totally unanswered by Wexford for yeah, several minutes. Like Galway's possession in that second half was savage. Like there was a while there, and it just seemed like every time Wexford got their hands on the slitter, like just nothing came of it. They lost it. They scored. They it went wide, or just went aimlessly out into space, where just Galway were there to scoop it up. Like it really, they really just looked tired on the pitch, and really just I suppose maybe their first half efforts really kind of took it out of them. I think at no point in that second half did you really think Wexford are going to get back into it. They had a goal, which was a nice consolation. It was a consolation. It didn't really, it didn't genuinely feel like this would be the minute they get back into it. Yeah, it was exciting to see that to have a goal happen. I suppose it was actually, yeah, you know, it was the only goal goal scored of the match. Which I thought was a small bit unusual, but all in all, I don't think Galway really ever felt threatened in that second half. I thought Wexford were always chasing shadows. Wexford, I feel, listen, we know now that they're a good team, and I don't think this match takes away from that. But I think this match really reminded us why Galway are the favourites to win mm. this year, according to most analysts and bookies and so on. 
even according to myself, I think like yeah, they they have as good a chance as any. The match, their match against Dublin, they really kind of they looked like they folded in a bit. They didn't, they didn't have to try too hard, and they just kind of walked way to win. And it didn't look that impressive. But this match, I think, reminded us why they're so good. I already mentioned their conditioning's incredible. They, you know, they've been a very big, strong team for years, but I think they've added on a lot of just general fitness, a lot of speed and endurance onto that as well. Mm. Um, previously, you know, when it, when it came to the offensive end of things, they were very reliant on Joe Canning, who's a spectacular player, but, you know, everything had to go through him. Whereas now we're seeing all these different players in different matches stand up. You know, in previous matches we've seen Joe Canning or David Burke stand up. In this one, we got both Coonies, especially Connor Cooney, um, just delivering incredible performances. And Fantastic. Connor Cooney, especially just, like, he just couldn't be stopped. Whenever he got the ball, he was just kind of, right, that's it, that's another point. Yeah, um, seven points from play in total, uh, with eight points overall. Yeah, both of them were seriously impressive, like really, really impressive. You know, thought Joe Canning was a bit quiet in the first half, and then roared into life, roared into life in the second half. But I mean, he didn't really need to be either. Like I think he, he didn't need to be, but as well, I think both him and David Burke were a bit. Wexford plays sweeper, but it's a really unusual one, and I think people have started to figure out exactly what's happening with it, but. It's less defensive and more just kind of they'll have one extra player who can launch it forward and then the other backs kind of roam around a lot more. So you're getting mm. lots of back scoring. And I think because of that, Canning and Burke were kind of stuck uh, defending their 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 opposing number a lot. So I think that maybe took away from their own chances to go on the offensive end because they were stuck marking rather than being marked. Mm. Galway, obviously, then as well, their defense, as usual, was excellent. They're, you know, uh, Wexford got a goal in the end, but... They really had to run into the the one Out of the one goal they got, there were so many thwarted attempts. Yeah. Uh, You you just can't drop high balls into that full back line. Just nothing will ever come of it. And they really had to run it into the goals as well. They did. One thing against Galway, just because I'm kind of gushing a bit about them, I Mm. suppose... Must be negative. They are still maybe getting a lot of wides, but I'm less concerned about that after I did the article for the website mm. on the shot charts because I've started to notice and I, I noticed it a lot in this match again Galway just shoot as soon as they can they're they're happiest when they can get like puck out to a player maybe in the half forward line and he just takes a shot immediately after catching it they don't worry about everything being accurate they just know because they're tall enough and they're strong enough they can win enough 50-50 balls that they will get more shots so if they get a lot of wides they don't really care because they know they're going to shoot more overall. And in a way, I think it helps keep them relaxed and keep them on form because other teams, they get a string of wides, they start to get panicky. Go away, it's just part of the plan. They just keep on going. And so eventually, you know, their their normal kind of uh, shooting comes back to them just through practice, I suppose, in the match. Keep it on. comes together for them. Keep on hitting away and, you know, eventually enough of them are going to get over, especially with the, like the ta- level of talent that they have. So I have to say, really, in summary, Galway are the team to beat, and they're in a semi-final now. So I, I know, as I said, Galway fans, they've been burned a lot by coming close a lot of times. They're very overdue for a win, so they don't want to They don't want to hear, probably, that they're the favourites or to get excited because this is going to be their year. But honestly, I think this is the best chance that they've had. Oh, by far. By far their best chance. What I will say for Wexford, I think it was a good learning opportunity. I think it'll be a good, I wouldn't say wake-up call, but it'll be a good just reality check, I suppose, for both Wexford fans and for the team themselves in terms of they've made excellent progress, but there's still a bit more to go. 
I think it's a lot they, they can build on further. And to be fair, they're still in the quarter. They're into a quarter final. They are. Their le- their cha- their uh, championship isn't over, and you can see what happens. Yeah, and I think you know they were they were in a quarter final last year, but that was a shock, and no one re- expected them to get any further than that, and mm. they didn't. Whereas this year, you look at the teams left in the qualifiers; they've all had shaky games. You know, and Wexford. They'd definitely be able to beat Dublin. They've already beaten Kilkenny twice. And, you know, Tip and Waterford are excellent teams. But I think get Wexford on a good day. Get Wexford who've learned things from their losses. Certainly, yeah. They're certainly going to be able to put it up to them. So, yeah, I I think Wexford, they're not gone yet. I think they still have a great chance of maybe reaching a semi-final. And be very interesting to see what they do from here. And uh, one last thing. Davey was in his box. And he, he, was, came. he was up and down. He burst out of his box yeah, at, at he one point. Burst, he couldn't be contained. Yeah, he burst out of his box. It didn't last all that long, to be honest. It, it did not. No. And But, you know, there were 60,000 people. It was a loud place, but he, he had to prove he could be louder. He had to prove he'd still hear his shouting above all else. He got a few shouts and roars in. So I think, looking forward then to the second round of the qualifiers. Yes. So that's on this Saturday. Not much of a... Uh, not much time to relax for any of these teams. Certainly not. Start off with Tipperary versus Dublin in Semple Stadium. So it looks like, for all their awkwardness last week, Tip have gotten the easier draw. They're at home against probably, I think, what most people would regard as the team left in it. Which... But you know what? Like, you know, Tip, they're still my favourites, definitely. And I'd probably be silly to say anything else. But if they repeat their performance that they had against Westmeath again, Dublin will beat them. Like, Dublin, they've had a bad year, but they're still very capable of pulling an upset. You know, they've done it in the past. I think they've gotten some of their... I think they've gotten a bit of uh, encouragement and a bit of enthusiasm again from trashing Leash. I think, you know, it's kind of nice for them probably to remember what it's like to win. You know, Tip, they can't walk this one in. Like, Dublin are too good for that. They're not good enough for them to be favourites, but they're definitely good enough that you can't expect to walk it against them. Dublin will take advantage of ineptitude, like, and if they come, they if they come in playing the same way they've been playing for against Westmead, then they're going to find themselves out. They're going to find themselves out in their arse. I think like there's like kind of two things I suppose really that, that are kind of controversial would be you know a this is being played at home for Tip, which uh, there was a bit of controversy during the week about this. I know Dublin Dublin's background back um staff were giving out about it. Yeah, which is is fair enough, really. You know, it's it's not it's not really nice to have to play an away game in such a crucial match. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think that's that's one thing definitely, and uh, and like and I think you as you pointed out before, home advantage for a Tip is is quite a big thing. Yeah, and then secondly, this match isn't televised. No, I, again, GA, I want I want that streaming service. I know that you have cameras out there. I've seen the highlights. You may not have commentary, but you know I watch I watch a hell of a lot of league games on TG Car, and I haven't a clue what's being said. My Irish is atrocious, so not having commentary doesn't make a difference to me. I just want to see. I want to be able to see these matches. I think I'd even probably enjoy it more without Marty Morrissey in, informing me of everyone players' background, background, where they went to school, he, what they like for dinner, and um, what they're. In fairness to Marty, he explained why he was why he was pronouncing Devereux Devereux's. Yeah, to be fair. He did give an explanation that it wasn't his fault. That's just how that player pronounces it himself. And that Marty wasn't 
you know any more happy about it than than but he just had yeah had to give that weird pronunciation i think really for this match look dublin have nothing to lose they should go in hurley's blaze and and really try and put it up to tip if any they had if if ever they had a chance to be tip this is it i think just no one has a hope for them and they need to just they need to take advantage of that try and put up an early lead try and surprise Mm. them in some way and just then fight like hell to maintain that lead exactly and for tip i would say get your axe together and yeah. which which they're more than capable of we've been yeah. very down on them but let's remember you know they were still very close to beating cork in their opening match mm. if for all we know last week was just an anomaly and they'll be absolutely fine this yeah. week and they'll trash dublin but if it's anything less than that god we do need to be worried i think we'll see we'll, i it'll be making it'll make an interesting watch on the sunday game and i say the sunday Definitely. game because i won't be able to watch it anyway despite all our being down on tip uh i still have them as my pick to win <laughs> i i'd like to see dublin pull an upset in this one but it's it's still not likely i think things have to come i think they have to really play at their best and tip have to still be that bit off for it to happen and i'm gonna i'm gonna go behind tip as well uh, uh even with their more recent performance i think you know one or one or two matches can be an outlier a whole season is a different story but to be honest they've had a pretty good season we'll say they've been pretty consistent up to a point yeah. um dublin just have not really been any way consistent so i think for that reason yeah i'm just going to pick tip yeah and uh the computer gives it to tip as well and going back to the whole thing about it being on in thurless if it was at a neutral venue dublin would have had about a 30 percent chance of winning because it's on Istanbul Stadium, Tipperary are given an 82% chance of winning. Which is... Dublin's 18%, so it's a pretty big swing, just from that venue change. Yeah, Pewter's pretty definitive about this. Yeah. 82% maybe, chance. Maybe a bit excessively, but... Yeah, yeah it definitely has tipped to I'd, win this I'd be one. like a... I, I'd actually be more inclined to give it a bit of 70% chance um, to tip. Given tips form, I could see it, but... I, I, I still think they are heavy favourites. Yeah. No, I think so, but I, I, I'd be, I, I'd be rating it down to seventy percent in my own mind. But I think, yeah, like with the, you know, majority of the times, I think Tip would win in ten parallel universes with ten Marty Morrisies. Um, I like to think eleven. I like to think there's one, two Marty Morrisies. <laughs> one of them milks the cows while the other one celebrates. Claire. And so yeah, they take know, they take it balance, in turns. Balance is maintained. Moving on to the second qualifier game and i think definitely the more intriguing matchup because we know we're going to have one big team going home at the end of it waterford versus kilkenny also on in thurless which is being shown on sky we should say as well yeah so i won't be able to watch it unless someone else records it or i go to a pub or something this match they're they're both teams at this stage have had shaky games but i still think it'll be very close between them their last three matches we've had one draw, one win by Kilkenny by two points, and one win by Waterford by one. There's extremely little between these teams. Both of them have been a bit iffy. You know, Waterford came out poor against Cork, at least in the second half of that match. Kilkenny, they certainly did, yeah. Kilkenny, you know, they didn't play atrociously against Wexford, but they would have been favourites going in, and it was pretty surprising for them to lose. And then again, they were very shaky in their match against Limerick. They won, but not by as much as would have thought, so... Well, I, I think I'm tempted on balance to say Waterford would be my favourite to win it. But I think, I'm, I'm not sure we know enough about exactly where both of these teams are 
to make a claim that one team would trash the other. I think it will be close. Yeah, in my own in my own kind of in my own head anyway, I'm really thinking it'll be close. I think Waterford had that bit more in the tank and are you know, in terms of panel wise, certainly have a bit more to um to utilize. I think Kilkenny will have a tougher time of it. I think Kilkenny will have a far tougher time of it. I think they are also going to be playing against a much younger team on the whole, which could really wear down on Kilkenny. Like I mean, Wexford, Wexford be you know Wexford's quite a young team. They managed to best Kilkenny, Waterford, quite a young team, and definitely yeah. their substitutions they've a quite a and another team with a sweeper who you know exactly Kilkenny don't like too much. No, they certainly haven't, and I suppose they Kilkenny aren't going to be able to play what I would consider their optimal game in terms of with you know all players on form and like TJ Reid can only do so much I think in this situation. Yeah. Um, and I suppose Waterford play that kind of blanket defense as well, you know. So it's going to be difficult I think for Kilkenny. I think it will still be a close one, but I'm going to go for Waterford on this one. I'm going to go with the same. Uh... The computer disagrees with us on this one, incidentally. Computer still has Kilkenny with a 67% chance, but computer is especially still hung up on uh, all the Kilkenny wins from the past. Mm. Um, so I know might want to modify that in a future version because I'm a computer. I don't want to think about Kilkenny still being good. I want to believe that they have really gone downhill as much. <laughs> yeah, definitely this should be an interesting match. Looking forward to seeing how this one goes. Mm. Hopefully it'll be a close game. I don't know if it'll be... A good game to watch, even if it's close. Just knowing Waterford's style, they you know if, if they're playing well, generally they've really slowed things down, and it's kind of a tough game. But yeah, I I, I think this should be good. I'm looking forward to seeing who's gone after this, really, because either way, you're, you're going to have one team that's extremely disappointed with this year. You know, both of them were in the semi-final last year. Kilkenny we'll were in the final last year, so to get knocked out before even the quarterfinal stage is a big step back. But it's going to happen to one of them. It's going to be an interesting one. I think this is probably one of the more interesting matches to watch. Yeah, well, it's probably the only match I can watch until the Sunday game. So, yeah, I think I'll be watching this with interest. I still think Waterford have a good chance of winning this. And look, I'm all, I'm always up for a surprise on that. So we'll see. Well, one match that uh, it is televised, but we will be seeing it anyway because we're going to it. In living colour. Sunday, 9th of July, Munster final, Clare versus Cork. Ding. Also in Semple Stadium. Ding, ding. Boxing music. Fight night music. Intro. I'll, I'll do my best to edit it in as well. Yeah. This is going to be a long edit. I shouldn't have offered to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Claire versus Cork. In both the minor and the senior game, incidentally. But we're just going to focus on talking about the senior one here. Now, obviously, we're both from Claire. We both have to remain biased. And so we both have to pick Claire as the team to win next week. Yes. Because we're just we're not allowed, uh, we, we're just not uh, allowed to go against them. But having said that, definitely nervous about this one. And this isn't yeah. silly like, oh, don't mess it up against Limerick nerves, you know, like we had last time, or apparently Kilkenny had last time too. This is like genuine. Cork have beaten two semi finalists to get here. Mm. They have been incredibly impressive. All Clare have had to do to get to the same stage is beat Limerick. Very true. I mean. I think Clare still have extremely skillful players. I still think they're a really good team. But it's been a while since we've been reminded of that, whereas Cork have just been <laughs> making the team making all the headlines, and we've been extremely aware. And me especially, currently living in Cork, 
uh, you know, it's it's very difficult to forget what they've done so far this year. The the Cork hype wagon has has reached astronomical proportions at this stage, and it, it's very easily achieved when you combine that with uh, Cork people's high expectations and yeah. propensity to declare that they've already won the All Ireland, despite it being nowhere near September. And that is not to, that is not to take away from what what has been uh, like a brilliant two brilliant games that they've played and i really think they're going to continue that form coming into this match i don't think there'll be any drop off in the intensity they've shown claire certainly had that match against limerick you know which i mean to be fair like claire maintained their lead and the rest of it they probably led limerick yeah. in a few times when they shouldn't have but i mean like it was never I don't think it was so worrying that like that they were Limerick were ever really going to overtake. No, it was certainly a better. You know, now looking at say how Kilkenny played against Limerick, I'm a bit more reassured about mm. Clare because they definitely kept their distance much better than Kilkenny did. I think for this one, it's it's a case of um, you know Clare kind of been flying under the radar a bit. There hasn't been much buzz about them. There hasn't been much talk about them, which probably suits them just as well, considering they had a lot of that when Davy was manager. I think it probably suits the players that bit better. You can focus on what they're what they what what they needed to get done over the last couple of weeks. Like I mean, really on both sides, you have some phenomenal hitters. I think you've like Cadigan, you have um, Lahan, you've Kingston. You know, you have Luke Mead for Cork, like for Clare. You've Conlon, you've Shanahar, you've Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, who had a great match against Limerick. Yeah. If one man had to be singled out, yeah. I th- I think for both for both teams. Scoring shouldn't be the issue, basically. Yeah. It's going to be a high-scoring match. I think, again, because they've been under the radar, Claire do have more question marks. And I think the things that they need to get right to make sure that Cork don't pull away in this match are passing, especially mm. puck outs, winning 50-50 balls, and especially this Cork team, like, they've been absolutely superb at that. Yeah. Whereas it's been kind of, it's been a bit of a long-standing issue with with Claire, I think just generally they're a bit of a smaller team, a bit mm. shorter. They need to get a bit fancier with things, maybe, or try out some less orthodox things. Which, to, uh, which I think is why you aim for the shins. <laughs> Hack relentlessly at the shins when they're going up. I mean, it'll work, but you might give away a few too many frees. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, Claire, they need to make sure that they don't let Cork dominate in possession, and I think they need to keep scoring goals, most importantly. Yeah, and I mean a team can't uh, play it, it if worked, they have no it worked, shins. It worked for <laughs> the goal scoring worked four years ago. I think yeah. it can still work for them now um, because if they get lulled into a total shootout where it's only points, Cork have shooters basically as good as Clare do. But I just think they're that bit better with possession over the last few games, so it's going to be tough. But I still think it can go either way. I think either team could end up trashing the other just because they're both so good offensively and they could just go on these runs and leave the other team in the mm. dust. But at the same time, I think it could and hopefully will be a, a good close game too. I hope it's a cracker. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I think like Cork, yeah, they're back on they're back on track. Claire, like there are question marks, but you know what I mean. There is a good team. There is a good team there and like I, they'll be eager. They'll be up for it. Yeah. A repeat of 2013 would be lovely. It would really. be lovely. It would be <laughs> lovely. One, you know, just an excellent match for, you know, even for neutral fans, followed by Claire Stillwin. Yeah. That would be that would be ideal. That would actually be ideal. <laughs> but um, I suppose going forward for both teams anyway, you know, they're both still in it after this. 
you know, that whoever wins will be in the semifinal, obviously, and then the loser in the quarterfinal stage. We had been saying before that the quarterfinals were due for Parky Cueve, but now there are further question marks on that, and I have to say I'm very annoyed because my bit of solace was going to be, even if Claire lose, I'll at least have a short commute to the next match. And now even that is up in the air, so yeah, yeah. my my nerves are shot going to this. I ho- I just hope it'll be good. I yeah no, I'm really looking forward to this. I hope it's a good close match. I hope Claire are able to do the business. Look, if if Claire put in a really good performance and lost and lost, we'll say by a point or two points, I'd at least be happy about them going into the quarterfinal. Yeah, I, I could salvage something from that. I could salvage something from that and say, well, you know, depending on who they end up with in the quarterfinal, they could have a good chance of actually making it through to a semifinal anyway. But what I really am hoping for is obviously that Claire actually just do the business in the Munster so, final yeah. and go through to a semifinal. And, and definitely, definitely if they let it get too far away from them, there will be concerns because they'll only have a week to prepare for to the turn around for a quarterfinal. Match, yeah. Which is not much at all. It's definitely, uh, I, I think the advantage goes to Wexford in terms of provincial losers in this one, just having that bit extra time, because not not much of a turnaround, but sure. I suppose it's the same for the people coming through the qualifiers, so can't complain about that. That's pretty much it. Um, our picks for the match. My pick is Claire. Well, my pick, as I said, have to pick Claire. Yeah. Um, and the computer actually goes with Claire on this one. Uh, very, very narrowly, 53% chance, and that is largely because Claire have had a better record according to the computer in neutral venues yeah extremely extremely tough to call this one which really kind of feels about right i think in terms of how close it is and i'm, I'm glad that pewter sided with claire on this one after it's confusing kilkenny pick it genuinely is hard to call cork obviously have been on a great run claire have been fine but you know we haven't seen them in a while so it's a bit harder to call uh, i think the only thing interesting about this as i said though it's very hard to call but I think either team could still just get a huge point difference by the end, yeah. of it, depending on how the match plays out. I don't know which one would do it, but I think both would be almost equally capable. Oh, certainly. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. On the banner! Hey, hey, Cheering. Um, but, um, yeah, so we do our, our usual thing. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> I forgot. Oh, about yeah, that. the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm very sleepy t- so yeah, if if you want to tweet or email in your own on the banners ways or, you know, alternatively your come on the rebels and support of the North Korean government, even despite their missile launch, you can contact us at TYDatapoints on Twitter or email us at mail at takeyourdatapoints.com. So uh, send us in your thoughts and uh, or don't. Maybe don't. Maybe we don't want to know your thoughts. Depends on the, on the thoughts. Yeah. On my part of the world, this would be Willie Deverell, but in Wexford, it's Willie Deverex. So we'll stick with Willie Deverex.